At the heart of every EV are its power electronic subsystems, whose performance helps define the speed and success of consumer adoption in the coming years, as they directly impact cost, driving range, and charge time. The demand for more performance from these systems directly translates to demand for more microcontroller performance in terms of both real-time control and advanced computing. Today, we're talking with Mike Pianovi, GM and product line manager for Citara Microcontrollers at Texas Instruments about these challenges and some of the latest microcontroller solutions from Texas Instruments that addresses them. So how's it going, Mike? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Alex. Yeah, things are good. Things are good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, you know, this is number five of our podcast series from TI on vehicle electrification, and they have been really going well, and I'm really looking forward to this one. Sure. And I encourage everybody out there in the audience to take the time and check out the first four. And this podcast, of course, thank you for listening. And please check out the next one when it comes out. The links to the series will be in the description below. But I'm really looking forward to our conversation, Mike. I'm glad to have you here. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, looking forward to it as well. Well, you know, when we talk about vehicle electrification, and we've gone through a lot of the facets uh, in the other podcasts, but I'd like to have your position on it as well. What trends, when you think of vehicle electrification, what trends do you see microcontrollers playing a major role in? Yeah, so when we look at the EV landscape and kind of where the market is is trending these days, right, and, and you mentioned a lot of it in the introduction, I think, in terms of drive range being very important, you know, recharge times, the just overall performance of these things. It really is, uh, there really is a, a direct tie back to what the microcontrollers are allowing uh, these systems to do, right? These these mega trends in EV that are making them more accessible and, and increasing adoption rates uh, tie back to the MCUs because we see things like uh, increasing voltage levels and uh, higher levels of safety and security uh, starting to play. And then probably one of the biggest things that we've seen especially in the last few years, is this trend towards more integration. Uh, if you want to reduce weight and make the cars lighter and faster, and then also just more efficient from a cost perspective, integrating a lot of what uh, traditionally had been separated into separate uh, different systems is one of the, the major things that uh, OEMs can do now to, you know, again, make these EVs a lot, uh, a lot more mainstream. Well, I mean, it's all about power, size, weight, or it's all directly related to performance, right? I mean, the if you can make the power electronics more efficient in every facet, the sensor systems more efficient, the drivetrain more efficient, the traction control systems more efficient, you could actually shrink the size of the battery if you can get your needs down low enough. You know, component of it that where there's this interconnection between all of these facets. And I think that's the key, right? You have to look at it holistically, from how the cars are being, uh, you know, uh, architected, and then how all these subsystems come together. But then also, again, uh, you know, there's there's a large component of it uh, that just is the the evolution towards these the different approaches. That you mentioned the battery itself. Um, these battery systems have, you know, a, a lot of requirements that they're bringing into cars that have never been around before, and of course. You know, we're on, you know, new generations of these electric vehicles as well. So it's not that they, uh, you know, haven't, that these challenges haven't started to become 
more apparent, but we're certainly seeing the, the challenges and some of the things uh, that allow EV to be, again, more mainstream. Those are becoming more pronounced now as, again, these uh, problems get harder, right? Voltage levels higher, batteries bigger, uh, all those types of things. And the expectations from the consumer also continuing to increase where, uh, you know, if they're going to accept these these new cars and uh, that uh, adoption and everything continues to be a, a something that's, um, you know, of course, we want to see increase, uh, then we're going to have to see the, the answers to those problems continue to get better. Agree, agree. Now, and the, also the other aspect is vehicles today are more than just transportation, especially when you think about the need for um, advanced microcontrollers. You've got more connected vehicles, vehicle to everything. You've got advanced software that has to run on these vehicles. And um, thing, things like managing the vehicle in the field with over-the-air updates and the like. I mean, that's a lot of demand there as well, right? Yeah, I think that's an interesting point, right? I think when when the OEMs started to go look at all these new systems that they needed to put in the cars through this transition to uh, you know electric drivetrain, it gave them an opportunity to really step back and say, what else can we do to make the experience in the car, you know, significantly better, right, for consumers? It really allowed. Um, it's it's allowing for some of the other mega trends in the industry beyond just electrification to come into play. So the the comment and and the you know the the topic of uh, software defined vehicle and over the air updates. I mean, this is a com complete game changer. And the more of these systems in the car that are electronic now, that are transitioning from mechanical systems to electronic systems, it gives immediate and, it, and the microcontroller itself plays a huge role in this. By the way, that's uh, one of the coolest parts about being a part of uh, the MCU business for TI is getting to kind of see this tra transition. But the connectivity that we now are able to have between all the systems and how they interoperate together uh, really, again, is a, a transformational thing for the, the user experience, whether that's just upgrading systems in the car uh, to get better efficiency. You know, the, uh, the manufacturers make improvements to their onboard charger. It gets more efficient. So you get, uh, you know, faster recharge or a longer drive experience, those types of just, you know, functional improvements are there, but then also, you know, the opportunity to say, um, I'm going to deliver, uh, you know, truly because that everything is now connected, <clears throat> I can give, um, you know, more multimedia experience to the consumer that's in the car. All of these transitions, again, because we're moving to an electronic based uh, architecture in the car, we now have the opportunity to make that uh, better and to influence uh, and, you know, improve that experience overall. That's very cool, Mike. I mean, when you think about where we're going and how far we've come, I remember uh, working on cars at my father's gas station back in the 70s, and I don't think I could even diagnose a problem in a modern car, much less yeah. work on one. But I mean, today, obviously, today's mechanics all have the tools that they need, and but that also expresses a need for the infrastructures to support all of these systems as well. When you talk about these needs, looking at uh, TI's microcontrollers, how do the microcontrollers address these trends, adopt to these trends, make sure that the systems involved can meet the demands of these trends? Yeah, it's a really, really important question. I think this is what 
uh, uniquely differentiates TI. We're making very uh, specific investments in the MCU uh, architectures that we're defining and the uh, types of peripherals that we support really in, in um, you know, again, in, in the, for the purpose of addressing a lot of these things. So if you talk about, you know, first and foremost, just the, the electrification of the powertrain, again, battery management, the charging experience, the traction inverter that drives the car itself and actually propels the car forward. All of these things, uh, as we move to higher voltages in the battery, uh, which allows for better efficiency and again, uh, size reduction, weight reduction, all these trends that we said are really good. You can only accomplish this if you have the right uh, performance. There's just a general compute performance requirement inside of the devices. So we've invested in new families of microcontrollers that are uh, enabling this you know, very high performance multi-core architecture uh, for our customers to use and take advantage of. Uh, but then you know, probably most importantly, in power conversion, really what you're looking for is the ability to sense uh, currents and you know different uh, voltages and currents in the car and in these uh, electronic systems. And then what you need to be able to do is compute you know what those currents and, and voltages and everything is telling you, all the things that you're sensing, but then uh, compute it and then actually do something about it, take action on it. So the the act the latency that you have for you know connecting the dots there, getting all of that performance in terms of control loop latencies as uh, optimized as possible, allows you to take advantage of some of the, you know, these trends in the industry where we're driving highest efficiencies, uh, where we're getting highest reliability uh, in these systems. You can't do it without having the right, uh, both, you know, mix of IP and peripherals that we put in our devices, but then also understanding what they're being used for to improve the, uh, the overall efficiency of the, what the microcontroller is functioning. So that's one key element of it. Beyond that, beyond the control loops and everything that we're doing to, to optimize that, having the right networking uh, capabilities, things like ethernet is becoming much more mainstream in these cars so that you can communicate really fast between the systems. Uh, and then also uh, functional safety and security have never been more important uh, than they are now, right? If you're putting, you mentioned the environment that the car is in now, you have this very high power, high voltage battery system. Uh, we need to make sure that it's safe, right? That's one of the concerns that people have, that the industry has talked about in terms of adoption of these cars, right? We need to make sure that everybody feels comfortable getting into that car where it's got a big battery pack underneath the, the seats of the car that your family's driving in. So making sure that the safety uh, is uh, you know, front and center to the development of these systems has really become one of the primary things that our customers talk to us about. And then overall security, the more connected and networked our cars are, the more access you have to these systems from the outside world. We have to be really careful that the security of the uh, applications themselves and the data that's getting transmitted, that it's uh, uh, fully, fully thought through uh, from an overall architecture perspective. Well, that makes a lot of sense, Mike. Um, you know, the, and well, a vehicle is almost like an animal, right? It's all an interconnected system, everything you had touched on that earlier when you were talking about the integration aspects, because, you know, not only do you have to manage the power and manage the drivetrain, you've got to integrate the sensor information, you've got to manage and integrate the, because the traction control system is also giving you information about the vehicle's performance and road conditions, and you've got to manage that Absolutely. and it's integrated to the regenerative braking. So, these microcontrollers are at the middle of a tremendous network of interlocking needs in the vehicle. 
Yeah, that's right. And I mean, that's really what the, you know, as we look at how the evolution is happening in the industry, right, I, I, I'm kind of alluded to this at the beginning. It's not like this is the first, we're not at the first step of EVs, right? EVs have now been out for a little bit of time. People are learning how they can make them better and performance better, the user experience better, uh, the overall, you know, system more efficient and cost effective. Um, and I think what you're seeing and, and where, again, the MCU, the microcontroller really comes into play is, how can we continue to evolve the families and the products that we are providing to our customers to make them the most as optimized as possible? There really is this requirement of having that feedback, you know, the learning of uh, seeing what performance is possible and then saying, hey, if we want to do even better than that, we're going to need to continue to you know, adapt our uh, MCUs to give more peripherals so that you can do more integration. You know, again, there's security standards that are evolving. Overall, just raw compute performance is evolving. So as these things continue to kind of build on top of each other, it means we've got to go, uh, you know, invest in new, new platforms and new uh, uh, product families so that we can make sure to address the most, uh, the you know, the farthest along, the most emerging needs that the industry is seeing, and then to hopefully even see into the future a bit to what uh, what's coming down the road. Those are also great points, Mike, when you think about that aspect of the forward looking, which actually um, brings to mind the other aspects in the car industry that's being in, at the mercy of some of these disruptive changes in the industry, like wide band gap semiconductors, silicon carbide, gallium nitride, or even artificial intelligence in the cloud ADAS systems. You have to, so that so these microcontrollers not only have to deal with these newer material advances in the circuit topologies they enable, but then also these new software advances and the demands they put on the logic. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, wide band gap uh, semiconductors and the power uh, uh, switches that are used now today. I mean, really, uh, without having the right MCU performance, and I was talking about that, you know, sensing, compute, actuation, and the full control loop performance, to get the benefit of those things, you really have to uh, advance what's possible there. And so again, TI takes a lot of pride in the fact that we've got some of the best technology in the world to give, to fully unlock what those, uh, you know, new power electronics are capable of doing. Very high switching frequencies, and that allows you to reduce the size of the, the overall power electronic system. Again, weight and performance and efficiency, those are all the benefits of, of being able to do that. Um, so that's a huge, huge component to it. And I, I love that you brought up the, the AI topic. It's it's all around us and continuing to be a bigger part of the story, really in everything in our lives, but it's no different in the in the cars. And so, I mean, taking, you know, just one example of that, you can definitely, you know, we see the opportunity, something like, a, you know, for a traction inverter. And, and when we have these very high performance motor systems, um, being able to do something like predictive maintenance, where we can actually put, you know, algorithms on top of this larger compute platform that can sense and keep track of things and say, hey, if, if I start to see things go a little different in terms of what I'm sensing from this motor, I can uh, encourage a, a driver, you know, someone that has no business worrying about whether the motor's uh, going to be performing at its best or not, right? At least to go to a, either to a dealership or a service center, whatever it might be, so that they can look at it before it gets much worse. The last thing we want is for these, you know, some of the more expensive components of an electric, electric car, something like the uh, electric motor, we don't want that to to fully, uh, you know, break, right? We'd like to get ahead of that and understand how we can fix it before it becomes a bigger problem. 
Well, you know, again, that just brings out how the car is such a microcosm of what's going on everywhere, because you could almost say that the car is an intelligent facility that's got digital twins of its important systems. <laughs> yeah, no, that's for sure. Right. I mean, that's what we want as consumers. We want to have, you know, better experience and, uh, you know, the most most efficient use of our time when we're going around. And I think, you know, again, even within the car, as we look at it, more and more automation, you mentioned ADAS and, and all that. Really, again, this, this re-architecting of what the car can look like. Uh, EV is a part of it and the electrification is a part of it, but it really unlocks the opportunity to do even more uh, beyond that. I agree with you completely, Mike. But then that brings back, you know, the point about safety, operational safety, functional safety. Those are directly related to the microcontroller and how they control the systems. So, you know, it's it's a two-sided coin, right? You've got to make sure, number one, that that functional safety is there and ensure it. And two, you have to make sure that the consumer is comfortable with those solutions that you've put into place. Yeah, that's right. So within the microcontroller itself, um, we do a lot. And I mean, even, you know, go so far as getting external certification for our devices from independent parties that say that, you know, we're bringing the right mix of capabilities within our devices, the safety mechanisms that we call them to the table to uh, enable the highest safety ratings that are in the industry up to uh, safety integrity level uh, class D in the automotive space is what they refer to it as. And so uh, to have these ASIL D capable parts, it means that you have a lot of things like redundancy built into the chip so that you can have, you know, if, if the reading on one pin is, is not what it's supposed to be, there's something that checks it on, on the other side so that you catch if there's something that's not right and you can at least, you know, make an, take an action to decide, uh, you know, what's the right uh, next move is for that MCU, right? Because the MCU is telling the, literally is, you know, telling that it's, it's reading things, it's sensing things, but then it's telling the car what to do next. Um, so again, these safety mechanisms and they're continuing to, you know, get stronger and again, more robust where in the past you may have seen it just say, hey, if, if the system, if you sense that some failure happened, right? Just shut the whole system off. Well, that might not, that, that's a very extreme approach. And then, you know, the car may idle to the side of the road and you're stuck. But ideally, if it's something that's manageable, you know, depending on what, what that failure or, you know, trip mechanism is, maybe I can, uh, you know, go into a safe state and stay operational. You mentioned the fail uh, operational mode. Those are some of the things that are only just now starting to become a reality on the road because of an advancements in these microcontrollers. They're more intelligent. They have more safety capabilities where we have more flexibility to decide, um, you know, what level of uh downgrading that we do on performance maybe it's something as simple as just saying like we're going to minimize the rpm of the motor because we need to go make sure everything is good or this temperature needs to come down a certain amount that's what the mcu enables us to to keep track of and they've never our mcus have never been smarter they're they're now you know really pushing the limits of what's possible there and it's it's fun to be a part of it in the industry working with our uh, auto uh, partners uh, and and giving them the flexibility to make these systems even smarter. You you bring up a good point there, Mike. Um, when you talk about the newer technologies and what gets you excited, why don't you give us some examples of, of uh, some of the latest tech from TI that's directly applicable in this space that's got you excited? Yeah, I think it, we've done now and have uh, recently are launching some of the, the most advanced uh, MCUs in, in the industry in terms of 
the, the specific IP that we're bringing to the table. Um, we have uh, things like uh, integrated resolvers uh, that we're putting into devices specifically for traction inverter systems. Uh, we've got the most advanced uh, PWM or timer technology uh, that we've now released in some of our latest products uh, in uh, one of our you know new uh, ARM-based MCU families that we've released. Uh, and we just continue to push the limit in terms of uh, even what we can demonstrate in terms of the performance of these systems. We uh, recently have partnered with uh, Wolf Speed to do a, a silicon carbide-based traction inverter system running you know, 300 kilowatts and high, super high efficiency, things like this where we're actually putting our engineering uh, expertise and know-how uh, behind actually pushing the boundary of what uh, performance and power levels and uh, overall, you know, switching frequencies I mentioned in terms of what we can drive with the, the power FETs. Uh, all this stuff is really where TI is investing. And we've launched a lot of great, uh, you know, new technology around these types of things to really uh, help move the industry forward. Very nice. Now, when it comes to these uh, newer technologies and your new ARM-based microcontrollers and the like, I noticed something about uh, this OptiFlash uh, technology. Could you expand a little bit on, on that? Yeah, so this is one specific area. Uh, OptiFlash is a, you know, a TI brand uh, that we're announcing that basically the goal is to really take a lot of the memory anxiety away from our uh, customers and their design uh, teams. Memory sizes within the MCU. And, you know, again, you have all this data we're trying to work and process. And then again, latencies make a, uh, have a huge uh, role in, you know, the performance of these systems. So this is a, an area where we're really trying to, you know, enable the most flexible and expandable memory architecture where we balance the amount of on-chip memory that we bring and the, the uh, quality of that on-chip memory uh, to enable the, the you know, lowest latency, highest performance systems, but then balancing that with the ability to expand memory externally and still get really good performance on uh, whatever size you need. That's, you know, I've, I've said performance a few times now. It, it That is a big part of why we've done this and, you know, why we've uh, heard from our customers that this is important. But then the other side is it also allows them to optimize for cost. You take and are able to, again, that expandability of the memory can also allow you to shrink to smaller memory sizes if you optimize it. And with that comes lower costs. The memory uh, cost in these systems sometimes is, is one of the bigger you know, components of the, the overall bond that they have. So that flexibility to, you know, again, maybe even start with the bigger memory, but then shrink it down to just the right size once they, uh, you know, have optimized their code uh, for that application. It's really something that's a, a pretty cool thing, right? Our customers are really excited to see this. And it, it again, just continues to unlock more and more. Uh, opportunity for them to, you know, look at that performance and cost balance uh, in their system. Well, it's all about that very delicate balance, Mike, isn't it? You know, that's you for sure. talk that's for about sure. cost effectiveness, power, speed, latency, memory, and they're all directly related. They're all interlocked. I agree. So now when it comes to um, all of this and the microcontroller's role and the changing seen and all of the issues that the uh, designer is presented with. What are some of the uh, final thoughts you'd like to leave our audience with um, from our conversation, something that they could come away with and go, oh, okay, yeah, that was interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, I appreciate again the opportunity to be here to chat with you, Alex, and to to share some of my thoughts for the audience. Um, you know, I think again the biggest thing and and really you know where I spend my time day in and day out here with the the team that we have uh, looking at these these challenges every day and working with our customers uh, closely and you know continue to learn. The MCU is just such a critical part of of this experience. Of course, I'm biased. I, you know, I, I believe that very much because I see it all, all the time, but uh, as you hopefully, you know, can, can uh, take away from some of the things we've talked through, um, you know, there's just every aspect of being able to deliver that experience for a customer, whether it's the, again, driving uh, experience and performance, uh, you know, the ever improving uh, capability of an EV, the MCU is, is really at the heart of that. Uh, and so, you know, it's our responsibility. My job is to make sure and, and with the team, of course, uh, make sure that we're continuing to just push that boundary. So what the audience can see from TI uh, is we'll just continue to be that further investment in uh, helping to, you know, to be a part of the industry, um, just moving the needle further and further forward uh, to really make EV be a completely mainstream, uh, you know, product that every every consumer in the world can take. Uh, so I'm I'm excited to continue to be a part of that uh, challenge, and you know TI. I think uh, whether it's our microcontrollers or even you know into our analog and and sensing products, it's we just believe in this trend and this transition in the industry, and we're going to uh, continue to make sure we do our part uh, to make it uh, as fast you know come to fruition as fast as possible, and that experience to be as good as possible. Well, with people like you behind it, Mike, I have no doubts that that's going to happen because your energy and enthusiasm is obvious. I really enjoyed this conversation, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate that, Alex. I enjoyed it as well and look forward to more opportunities to chat. Me too. And I also encourage everybody out there to... Uh, Again, check out the other podcasts in the series. The uh, link to the podcast page is in the description. I really want to thank you all for taking the time to listen. And you, Mike, for participating. Thank you as well.